0: What we're going to do right here is go back, way back, back into time. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode, this time not from the WW Radio Archives. I'll explain in a minute. I'm Lou Mangello, and this is show number 727. And normally with this second episode in the feed, I would select an evergreen episode from the archives to share with you that maybe you hadn't heard in a long time. But I also hinted that I was going to introduce and experiment with a couple of different types of content in a variety of formats. So in addition to the shows from the archives, I would do a, a top five live, a Disney in a minute segment and when appropriate, I would do something that is time-sensitive, which is the subject for this week's episode, because I'm not going to dive into the archives this week, because as I said, there'd be opportunities to discuss and address important events as they happen, like they did this week, because on Thursday, May 18th, Disney announced, very unexpectedly, that they would be closing the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser with its final voyage taking place in September, and... Based on numerous discussions that were very active going on in the WWDO Clubhouse on Facebook, as well as a lot of private conversations I was having via text and DM, I, I felt it was important to go live and discuss with you the announcement, our reactions, as well as speculation as to what's next. I share my very honest thoughts and reactions, including why I think the Star Cruiser was forced to close, Bob Iger, the cast members, as well as the good that I think can and will come from this unexpected announcement and closure. So I decided to take the audio from the live show and share it here on the podcast as I understand that maybe you didn't catch this live conversation or missed the video replay which is posted and always available in the clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. And I think in addition to what we discussed here, there is a lot more to talk about in terms of the Star Cruiser, your concepts and ideas of what could or should happen next, maybe your experiences on the Star Cruiser if you had them, developments as they happen, and anything else you'd like to talk about. To be part of future live conversations, please be sure to join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.radio.live.com and turn on notifications, super important on the WDW Radio Facebook page and in the clubhouse so you don't miss a thing, including unscheduled shows like this. If you'd like to share any thoughts about the Star Cruiser or our ideas for what may happen next, you can call the WDW Radio voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1, and I'll play it on a future episode of the show. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode, not from the archives, but from WDW Radio Live. Enjoy. Good afternoon, my friends. It is Lou Mangiello. It is an unscheduled, this is why you turn on notifications, it is an unscheduled WW Radio Live. I don't get a chance to do these very often, and sometimes different circumstances dictate a need. I felt that I took a nap for like an hour today because I've been up since four thirty for my son's graduation, and I wake up and everything has just gone. We'll use a Disneyism. Everything has gone a little uh, topsy turvy. We're only going to talk about the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, Other topics we will reserve for another day and another time. And normally when I go live unscheduled, uh, it's because I'm in a really cool place. We've got something fun to share. This one is tough. This one is tough for a lot of reasons, but I want to, and I've been getting lots of DMs and and messages and and phone calls, and I, I just figured it was better and easier if we could talk about it together. Um, I almost did a Zoom, but I thought that would have been somewhat unruly to to try and do. So I want to share a little bit of of my thoughts, and then I want to absolutely hear your thoughts as well. Um, First things first, let me preface anything I'm about to say with this. I know what you know. I am not privy to any other official uh, information other than what has been shared publicly. So anything that I say is pure speculation and conjecture and somewhat sleep-deprived and uncaffeinated thoughts, but I did want to share a little bit of of what we know, what I think, and certainly what you know as well. So I think you've probably heard by now that The Final Voyage is going to take place September 28th through the 30th, 2023. Um, this came out today seemingly out of left field i'm blaming my brother because he literally got off the star cruiser yesterday and i'm texting him like you killed star wars like you broke the star cruiser um disney says they're gonna be contacting guests for voyages that are departing on or after september 30th to talk about their options modify their plans give them first shot at uh rebooking their reservations so disney is pausing any new reservations until May, until until uh, I guess the end of May, to allow those guests who had been booked previous to get first shot at uh, rebooking their stays. After that, let the quest and the uh, and the battle for the final voyage bookings begin. Because I think while there has not been a full star cruiser um, recently. I do expect that last one at the at the end of September to be very full. That's what we know. Anything else we talk about is pure speculation. And look, I want to I want to preface my second preface <laughs> with, with this. Um, I know personally, and just in general, you know, when we talk about things closing, my first thoughts go to the people, right? My first thoughts to go to to cast members. And I personally know, who I will not name by name, but I know cast members who were very deeply, intimately, and for a long period of time, very heavily involved in the Star Cruiser, whether it was the planning, the execution, or the actual voyages, whether you were an on-stage cast member, whether you were a character, whether you were backstage kitchen, it doesn't matter. Um, these cast members put their heart and their souls and their tears into that, going all the way back to the folks at Imagineering and Lucasfilm that worked on this concept for such a long time. I have shared multiple times, and on the show and on live, I was fortunate to get a, uh, a media preview, and then, thanks to Becky Mankin and the entire team at Mouse Fan Travel, do a voyage with my family, do the maiden voyage with my family and with Becky, And we loved it. We absolutely loved it. Um, I'm not going to sort of go into it. Um, I always felt that. I said, if your Star Wars fandom is like a seven or eight and above, like this is what you dreamt about as a child. Um, I also understood the issues that the Star Cruiser had, specifically in terms of the sticker shock and that it was not affordable and accessible to everyone. And I absolutely acknowledge that. And I get that. And even though... We sort of reverse engineered the cost on the show to sort of understand how they arrived at that number. I understand that a lot of guests, for for just very real reasons, could not get past that number. Um, I felt it was an incredible experience. Um, I I will say I, I don't think it was marketed very well. I think a lot of people never really understood what it was, including and especially mainstream media that were continually calling this a Star Wars hotel. So when you're hit with Star Wars hotel, you're hit with that sticker, a lot of people just sort of tuned out and didn't want to hear anymore because like there's no way I can ever do this. I can go on a cruise for half as much. I could spend my money. So I think there were some some issues in terms of the execution of the marketing plan of it because once the hardcore Star Wars and the hardcore Disney fans you know, had their voyage or voyages, right? I've known people have gone multiple times because they loved it so much. Um, there was a huge, you know, decrease in the number of guests. Um, I know some folks who've been on recent voyages and and there was not a lot of people on board, which makes for a great experience because you have the ship to yourself, but it also makes for, I can understand how it would be a different experience, not necessarily in um, the best way. My thought, From here going forward, and, you know, again, some conversations that I've had with with folks um, today and friends and and a couple of media outlets that that reached out, um, you know, it's not, well, now come stay at a resort that has no windows and no doors. I don't think that it what's going to be my speculation, and if I'm reading between the lines in in sort of the very sort of nondescript explanation that that Disney gave as as sort of the release of the headline— I do expect this to to become a modified version of the Star Cruiser in that it will become a Star Wars-themed hotel, right? It's exactly what media thought it was going to be. It is what is most likely going to become. I would guess it would have to be at a high, moderate, or deluxe sort of rate because of what's going to happen. Um, Certainly the price point is going to have to be far more accessible um, I don't think there will be any minimum stays. I don't think it will be like a cruise-type voyage. You'll be able to sort of come in and out as you like. Um, I think some things will have to be sort of modified in order to execute on that appropriately, and we'll be, be curious to see how the storytelling takes place inside the Star Cruiser. I think it would probably take place akin to walking into Batu that there are characters and there are stories going on, but not in the same type of interactive theater and an immersive theater way, that it happened on the Star Cruiser. I would expect that there would be optional add-on experiences that you can have if you so want them, but there there will be sort of a, you know, an entry point that you can go in and then plus up your experience along the way if you want. Um, And again, I think it becomes that Star Wars resort that not only mainstream media talked about, but I think that guests want. I think that there are so many Star Wars and Disney fans that desperately wanted to get on board and couldn't purely because of the price point. I was texting with somebody earlier today, and she's like, well, now finally I can see what it looks like on the inside, and I can take my kids. And I think she's right. I think that's what is going to become. And look, I'm a choose-the-good kind of guy, right? I think there is a positive to come out of this. And I'm look, I, I loved the immersive experience. My brother just came off. He was in full costume, like he was all in on it and absolutely loved it. And while that will certainly sort of be scaled back and and we don't know what that's going to look like, I think the the good that comes out of this is that you are not going to have an experience where there's less than 100 people there because I think that very much probably impacts what your onboard experience is like. But more importantly, I think it affords so many more guests an opportunity that they would not have had otherwise in order to see it. Maybe not the same way, but I I tell people this all the time. Done is better than perfect, right? So being able to get on board and experience it in whatever sort of modified way I hope it becomes is better than not being able to experience at all. That being said, I want to hear your thoughts. I'm going to go back and, and sort of scroll Uh, through literally like I I took a nap for like two hours and I woke up and my phone had just exploded. So Corey's like, I got to find a way to get there uh, before it closes. Ashley would love to trade it for an Avengers experience. I would as well, Ashley. I think, I'm going to pause there for a second because I don't think it's going to be modified from a Star Wars. There's just too much invested in it, right? You can't sort of change the theming, but I think there's a, a very expensive, like harmonious lesson to be learned here. I don't think Disney modified the experience along the way to prevent this from happening. I think sort of now that's what they're doing, but I think they're learning a lesson in terms of, okay, if we try and execute on these themed interactive overnight experiences in the future, what will that have to look like? This price point at this type of commitment does not work in the long run, right? Those first voyages were sold out in the long run and it's not sustainable, how can we do an Avengers type experience somewhere, but not sort of have the same potential shortcomings that this one have? Yeah, so many wheels were already in motion. The COVID, inflation, economy issues, Ashley, I agree. I think there's a lot of there's a lot that worked against the Star Cruiser. Um in some that were mistakes. I think there was also a lot of things that were very much out of disney's hands and it doesn't ex- look you know you don't hit a grand slam every time i get up at bat and i think that there's hopefully learning experiences that will um will come from this uh i'm quickly sort of going down um <laughs> i know nobody's used to actually wearing seeing me wear a, a dress shirt uh, <laughs> and pink jennifer nonetheless i know some people said it. It, it didn't have any uh, appeal to me. Kira says I'd love to repurpose this into an an incredibly themed hotel, paid restaurants, paid lounge to make it. I think that's what we're going to see. I think there's going to be, it, like any other resorts, you pay to sort of step on board, and there will be like à la carte paid experiences. I think it makes. I think that's the thing that makes the most sense. I love the idea of it being a cruise. And it sounded great in theory, and I'm sure it sounded amazing on the drawing boards and in the boardrooms. But you know, you sometimes you have to respond to what guests want and the way they want it. And I think that is the thing that makes the most logical sense for for Disney, for the the the, the accountants, right, in terms of what it will cost to execute on that and what it means for us as guests. But a lot of people, Rob says, we were, we were priced out, especially with young kids. Uh, I agree. I, I have a lot of friends who really wanted to go. And yes, they'd be like, well, let's get a bunch of us. So if, you know, Becky and I had talked about, we need to sort of like, we want to buy out the Star Cruiser one day. We realized at one point that wasn't going to be able to happen because the price point was way too high. Um, so, I, Joe, I do think it's going to be reworked to make it more affordable. Um, Becky, I think you're right, and that's why I talked about cast members, that that this was not just one person's baby, this was a lot of people's babies, although that sounds really weird, but it was this incredible, long labor of love for so many people from WDI on down to the people who were day-to-day cast members. I have to imagine today is heartbreaking for them, but I want to give them hope. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi, like there is hope for this. And I and I think they should take solace in knowing that more guests will be able to enjoy this than had been before. And it will take some of the sting away for those guests that felt a bit jaded because, and I'm paraphrasing, but I think guests felt you dangle this amazing experience in front of me, but there's no way that my family of four with two young kids can justify that dollar figure. So by saying, look, we're going to, you know, we're opening up the gates and we're going to change the model for this, I think there's a lot of good that can come from this. So I'm sad for those those folks that didn't get to experience it this way. I'm sad for the cast and the crew, but I do believe that this is going to rise as maybe even a better experience, right? Like the phoenix from the ashes it's going to rise like a better experience to allow more guests to do it and all of a sudden the it's too expensive conversation for the most part goes away. Is it going to be a value resort? Not at all. Nor should it be. It's a I think it needs to be a deluxe because it is a deluxe type experience based on like theming and accommodation alone. But I think you can justify that price point. So if you want to stay for a night, you want to stay for two nights, do something special for your kid or yourself who's a Star Wars fan, that's the way to do it. You don't have to be locked into this two-night, three-day, $5,000 per person, you know, $5,000 um, per per family type um, experienced. um Mike says, I'm looking forward, to, I, I was hoping to do it, but I'm looking forward to uh, whatever they decided to, turn it into maybe uh, so Bob says, maybe it's a ticketed dinner show and guest experience to make it more affordable. They could pump people through the scheduled times and not get used. So I I had a conversation a couple of months ago with a friend of mine and she suggested the same thing. I don't think that works only because if you do sort of a de do type multiple show per night dinner show experience, what do you do with those hundred sleeping cabins? Right, you still have this hotel that now is going to sit vacant. I think making it an actual hotel, making it the Star Wars resort, I think also opens up other opportunities too. Because I think the interior, while not sort of being that, that dark, aged, gritty sort of episode four, five, six feel, you now sort of open up the floodgates from a storytelling perspective in terms of what characters you could have come in what stories they can be told. You're not sort of locked into this Star Cruiser that exists in space at a certain space and place in time. Maybe, I'm thinking this, and this might make no sense because I'm thinking, you know, like I'm doing this on the fly, but maybe this becomes what all of us wanted from the beginning. We want to sort of be able to feel some of our own Star Wars story. And by own, I don't mean create my own adventure. I mean, I love the original trilogy. Bring Darth Vader in there. Bring R2-D2 in there bring characters that I know, love, and are familiar with into that place and space because it is this sort of, you know, free-flowing, fo- formed type of story. The same way that now, like, oh, look, Mandalorians in, in Batu, you can have these other characters appear, which I think will have much wider and broader and I think deeper emotional appeal. Becky, I agree. I don't think it was ever marketed correctly. I think it, it wasn't tested and adjusted um, early on. I think there, there needed to be a little bit more, because I think when these new type of experiences, whether it is the Galactic Star Cruiser, whether it is the changing of a layout of a Disney Cruise Line ship, I think you need to get real guests on board and get their feedback and be able to say, okay, we need to we need to fix this because we see that this is a potential pain point for guests. This is not being utilized maybe the way that, uh, we had seen it. Um, a lot of people are talking about, um, it being more affordable. Corey, I don't think it would be a day package. I think it needs to be an overnight hotel experience because of those guest rooms that are in there. Um, it does give you it, it might be able to give you some, you know, maybe there's an add-on experience where you can get that access into Batu that same way. I, I don't know, right? Because it was it's not like there's this, you know, tunnel that was built in between. You had to sort of take this this sort of boxcar transport from there. But I think that there's I think this is opening up a uh, a wealth of opportunity and um possibilities so jennifer said something interesting jennifer says i'll say the price didn't turn us away it was the fact that you had to do the experience jennifer i think it does make sense because i'm getting the sense you might want to go and just go into the hotel maybe go to buy dinner somewhere maybe you know go into the lounge maybe pay for add-on experiences but you didn't want to sort of be committed to the full you're on board the cruise ship you're in you're in when we tell you you're in and we out, when you're, you know, these are sort of the the confines of the structure of the, the cruise. So I, I think that's what you're saying. And that's why I think a, a Star Wars hotel actually makes sense, um, because I think we as Disney fans, we like the idea to sort of pick and choose a little bit more a la carte um, in terms of what they do. Um, Lisa, I, I agree. Bravo to Disney for admitting it, it. They miscalculated, not digging in deeper. Same thing for the Harmonious Tacos. Look, I, I, I give, I, I have, you know, massive, ridiculous amounts of, of respect and admiration and, and appreciation for Bob Iger during his first tenure. And now he is making some very, very difficult choices. When I say difficult, it's not just difficult maybe the way you think I mean it. I don't mean difficult in terms of we have to just admit our mistake, which is huge, right? Harmonious is a mistake. We're going to pay to get rid of it. Star Cruiser, the way we execute it, is a mistake. There's also a financial mistake, right? There's a, there's a huge financial... Trashing, I, that's the wrong word, but you know, metaphorically speaking, trashing Harmonious does not come at no great cost, and I don't just mean the fiscal cost in terms of what sort of the, the long-term financial impact that it was supposed to have and, and the way it was sort of financed out. But now having to sort of remove that and pay to remove that. But I also think there is a marketing and PR to be able to stand up you know, and say, we made a mistake. We made a clear mistake. We are going, and we are not going to sort of force it down your throats. We are going to get rid of it. You don't like harmonious? You don't like the barges? That's on us. We're going to take them away. You're not. Go, you're not enjoying the Star Cruiser, even with thirty percent discount. We still can't fill it. The, that handwriting is on the wall. We will admit it is. I think it takes. It takes massive. I'm trying to use the right word here. I have massive respect for a company that can publicly say, we made a mistake, we're going to fix it, and we're going to make it right. I think that's what the, the appointment of Bob Iger, again, was saying on a broad 30,000-foot scale. I think that's what he is saying in terms of the things that he is doing and executing on, like Harmonious and like the Star Cruiser. I see a lot of people saying that you were glad that you were able to do it. Um, Becky, I agree um, that, you know, they are, they're not walking away from the experience, but they are going to uh, adjust it. Some people said, look, I like the concept, but I was an introvert. And that's just not for me. I don't want to sort of feel like the only way to get my dollar benefit from the experience is by, having to be so interactive, I think now you're not going to have that sort of pressure. And I know some people did feel pressure. There were folks I know who also were very introverted that wanted to just sit on the sidelines. And while I think you can do that, I think you did have a better experience the more you allowed yourself to be immersed in it. I also felt there was, there was if you weren't sort of in the right place at the right time, you missed out on certain things, right? I missed out on... The hologram experience, which I'm sure you may have already seen by now, which it's great to give somebody a little bit of FOMO because you want to come back, but not at that price point, right? You could miss something in Batu and go, oh God, I gotta go back tomorrow. I gotta go back next week. I gotta go back next year so I can see that again. It's different when it comes at that price point. So that I think hopefully goes away. Um, I'm quickly sort of trying to catch up through you, your are your comments are great, but um, I'm going through as fast as, as I can. A paid dinner with Gaia would be... Like, I think that, I, I would, without a doubt, so that experience, the, di- the, the the captain's dinner experience at night can and should be a de doo like experience because you have to, if you want to have that entertainment... I mean, you could. I, well, I take that back. It doesn't have to be because the entertainment doesn't have to be sort of a you know a, a three-act show... As, as that really was I think maybe maybe it can't be that maybe it can't be a hoop to doo like experience and it has to be sort of an open uh, reservation ADR based experience that can also have music in it as well but you take out the characters you take out the story because that story that takes place during dinner is the second act to a certain degree of the story that's being told on your past Star Cruiser experience um Again, Stacy says, huge Disney fans, Florida residents thought the pricing was crazy. We're all in for a Star Wars themed hotel. Um, so, Anna, we, we don't, like I said, anything that I'm saying here is purely speculation on my part. So, uh, and, I, and I don't know, again, I, I'm not sure that Disney's gonna say, well, look, in order for us to make this work, we gotta add more rooms. Let's try it out first. Maybe, like, let's take some baby steps. If, if they do decide to go down this road, let's see what people are willing to, to pay and stay in a Star Wars-themed hotel. What does that price point look like? What are people going to be comfortable with? And, and look, let's be realistic. Look at the pricing, especially during some peak times of year and even moderate season, for deluxe resorts at Walt Disney World. You know, if you want to stay at the Polynesian, you want to stay at the Grand Floridian, you want to stay at some of the deluxe resorts, you're paying somewhere sometimes close to almost $1,000 a night. I've seen prices $800, $900 for a room per night. Animal Kingdom Lodge, the same thing. Again, you start getting into, okay, where is that tipping point dollar-wise because this is a premium-themed type experience? I'm not sure that adding rooms at the beginning is the model. I think it's, let's learn, let's test, let's see what works, let's see what the feedback is going to be, and then can can adjust uh, accordingly. Uh, Bob says this opens up the timeline for Batu and Walt Disney World lock, not locked into the sequels. Uh, I, Marcus, I agree, 100 Rooms is not for a regular style hotel, but this is not. A regular style hotel. Um, This is obviously trying to retrofit an experience. It's it's like trying to retrofit a cruise ship, because that's really what it is, into, you know, we're just gonna dock it at somewhere and we're going to make this like a regular hotel as opposed to something that is um, experiential. It's really interesting to see how many people want to be able to have their Star Wars timelines, their favorite Star Wars timelines addressed in this steve shussler i miss you as well brother i'm going to text you back and hopefully we can connect uh tomorrow um yeah but i don't i don't know you could make this a moderate i don't know you, because then you're going to run to another problem right it, which is now there's only 100 rooms it's a moderate resort you're never going to get in there right it, it, like you have i mean we've seen over the past number of years right the only way to a certain degree to sort of limit crowds is by price. It's just just the way the world works. It's not just a Disney thing. I think if you sort of put this at a moderate level, um, the demand is going to far outweigh the availability, which will once again lead to a different type of frustration for Disney. You might not realize this. If you go on the internet, you can see Disney fans are sometimes vocal about their frustrations. Twitter, I'm absolutely looking directly at you. I think so, yeah. Sometimes things happen for a reason. In the end, Disney will recreate the perfect fit Marcus Vowell called what I when I was trying to think of the word we like to call it chutzpah. So, General Hoskey says never interested in the experience, but I think it will do well as a themed hotel. I, I agree, and I, I look. I hope that we're all right. I hope that this is what happens. I hope that Disney is is going to realize there's great, you know, there's, there's great opportunity here um, if they are able, which uh, obviously we see that they're doing now. That if they're able and willing to sort of modify what the original plan was. I think that's what any good, smart business and leader is able to do. And again, I'm I'm going back to Iger on this, for a leader to be able to say, hey, this isn't working. We need to sort of cut our, we're hemorrhaging money right now. We need to sort of cut our losses. This is not good for business. It's not good for PR. It's not good for all these different reasons. Let's, let's fix it. Let's make it better and get people excited again about, this experience, because there hasn't been excitement about this since it first launched, and I think that excitement was was tempered and and to a certain degree dampened by so much pushback about that it is a it's a commitment in terms of the number of days. It's a huge commitment in terms of cost. There, there was a lot of factors that I think um, took away from the initial launch. I think there's a way to fix it. I think there's a way to sort of redo this and really, really get people excited once again and market it appropriately. I think there were some issues in terms of the marketing and the messaging. You're now able to completely errat- like, forget all that. Forget what you remember about the Star Cru- Cruiser because this is what this experience is going to be right. Like it's like taking, you know, like I said, an old cruise ship. What's the one in California? They took the, the QE two or whatever and, and put it in there and made it a hotel. That's what you're doing with the, um, the star cruiser. Pecky says, I was just not the, I was disappointed. They layer. Wait, I don't understand. I was disappointed. They layer in the more personalized. Oh, that they did not layer in the more personalized and changing the story. Finding ways to bring down the margin to bring down the price were the things I missed, I think all the things that we talked about were the things that contributed to that. Um, I think I think you could have, and again, I think so much wasn't sort of incumbent on the particip- participation of the person on what your story became that it, it did not necessarily become as deeply personalized for all of the guests. Uh, Lorraine says, I see it becoming more of a boutique-type hotel, Uh, getting rid of the theatrics. I agree. I think that's what it is going to be because not everybody is a Star Wars fan. So this does not have uh, appeal to everyone. Jennifer says, we just booked Animal Kingdom Lodge for September for $1,200 per night using the AP discount. So there's a supply and demand issue at Walt Disney World. They are getting the prices that they are asked for. So I think we also need to sort of set, and again, pure speculation. I know nothing. We need to potentially set our expectations. If this becomes a Star Wars resort, it is not going to be a $250 a night resort. It, it, it just, it can't be for all of the reasons. For demand, financially, everything, like it just cannot be that. So, but can you have your family of four stay even at $1,200 a night? If you want to just have like a fun, cool, Star Wars themed like night of your vacation or if you're a local and you want to do a, a Star Wars staycation for a night and go out to Batu, you absolutely can do that because $1200 is far more accessible than 5 or 6000. The Queen Mary, sorry, it was the Queen Mary in Long Beach. It's exact I said the QE2, same thing. Um so yes, it it does not have it doesn't have things like a pool. It doesn't have that gym thing that that people seem to be obsessed with for some reason. So you, you lose out on those amenities, but I think that when you go to that resort, that's not why you're going there. You're not going to the Star Wars resort because I want to see how cool the pool is. You, got, I mean, can you build a pool outside? Maybe. Are there pools in space? I'm not even sure there's, there are pools in space. We'll I'll have the research team check on that. But I, I'm, I think that's why boutique hotel is probably the, the appropriate term because it does not... It it is not a, a traditional type of hotel experience. So um Chandler says, and I can't post it in because it it's too long. If they modify the Star Cruiser, I think yeah, I think you're echoing what I was saying before. It could really open up the door to a more more dialed back but still heavily themed resort down the line. Pandora Hotel. Journey to Pandora. 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 Um in cryosleep or a spacecraft themed to uh, Marvel a la Disneyland Paris uh, when contracts allow, etc. cetera. Uh, Rich says the costume preparations for the cruise was 60% of the experience, just so much fun to get ready for the cruise. But a lot of people, Rich, don't want to make that commitment. And I think that's where some of the disconnect, I get you that, and, uh, and I think that option will still be there because you can go to Batu in costume-ish if you like, I think you it 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 almost made for a better experience on the the star cruiser itself. Could they put a pool somewhere? Anything is possible with money. So uh, we never use the pool. <laughs> pools. So Stuart, I'm reading this the way I'm supposed to. Pools in space, right? That's the way you mean it. You mean it exactly like the uh, the Muppets? I'm assuming. Eddie Kern, if there's a bar. Um, and actually, I, I agree. I do not think this messaging is that themed hotels don't work. I think, I think the messaging that we're getting from this, and if they create a Star Wars themed hotel, which this is not, this is a Star Wars themed cruise in space, space, space. If they retheme it to a star, we will see that heavily themed. Remember, and I posted this not, I posted this thing not too long ago. Maybe tomorrow, if I can, I'll post it. There were plans for much more deeply themed hotel rooms, which were going to be the gateway towards themed resorts. All of the resorts, to a certain degree, are themed. We started to see pirate rooms, princess rooms. Do you remember? I don't think I shared this. Do you remember the designs for the Haunted Mansion themed rooms? That's what this is, but it would be in a space, pardon the pun, that is specifically themed towards a single theme. It's Star Wars Related as opposed to a sort of generic pirate princess or even specific pirate of the Caribbean. Walter says, losing Sublight Lounge is probably the biggest loss, our favorite Star Wars bar between that. So Walter, but that's what I mean. So if all of a sudden this becomes a resort and you can just go to the resort and go to Sublight Lounge, or if you're staying at the resort, you can go to Sublight Lounge, however they decide that, I I think, I agree with you. I think Sublight Lounge is better themed than the hyperspace lounge on the Disney Wish. Like far and away. I think it's a, it is a different environment. It is a well much more well themed. They had the Sabak table in the middle. Just even sort of the design of the cruise cuz if you step back from the hyperspace lounge on the Wish and there's nobody in there, it it's relatively sort of there's not a lot, right? There's not a lot to it other than Screens, so I agree about um, I, I agree about the lounge there. Um, but William, you're right, at least they've completed so much legwork and tech that can be used for future attractions and I think the future of what this resort can be. So, um, Carlos, I don't think it'll take 500 million dollars to turn it into a normal themed resort, uh, including windows, a pool, a shop, and a restaurant or two, because you need those those screens in the rooms, right? You need, you still have the, um, the the data pads to be able to do things. You've got this infrastructure in place. Why gut it, right? Why make it just another resort that now seems to have a Star Wars overlay? It still is a very deeply, immersively themed resort, which will command a premium, but you don't need a pool, right? You're not going to a Star Wars resort because you want to have a pool. It is sort of this idea. So there will be, I think, a little bit, and again, messaging and marketing is going to be critical if and when this resurrects as a as a quote-unquote regular resort but to know that you and your family can stay in a star wars themed resort maybe get you know sort of this if they still order, offer some you know backdoor access to batu entering the park through batu a half hour early something like that so you can extend your star wars experience add on some other things that that you can do in the hotel um whether they be optional, whether you buy into them, whatever it might be, whether it's Jedi training. I mean, you've got these cool things that are in there, and this is why when we broke it down, right, when we broke down our, our experience, say, what would we pay for to let our kids and us go in and do Jedi training, right? What would that ticket cost? Well, now we can sort of figure it out. What will that ticket cost? What will what will that ticket cost to do some of the other type of you know, bridge training experiences or you know, going to play in the um, in the engine room. I think there's a, there's a wealth of opportunity, but I really hope that Disney takes time and steps back and listens to guests, um, not just listens to Imagineers and cast members, but, and I think they will. I think that's one of the things that they have started to do really, really well. Again, that maybe for a lot of reasons, including COVID, they were not able to do, but get the guest input to find out what works, what doesn't work, what doesn't work, and know what a guest satisfier is going to be before you execute on what your internal vision might be. So yeah, a lot of people are still talking about the idea of, of commitment. Uh, I think you can, I think retheming the outside is not, it is not a huge deal, right? Relative to the amount of money that's already been committed to a project to freshen up the outside to change the outside a little bit i don't think that's again it's not why you're going right it's not you're not necessarily going because of the way the exterior looks it's it's the experience that that you're going to have on the inside. But James, you're right. Um, This is not going to be something that is going to be abandoned, dismantled, sold on eBay, whatever it might be. And that's why I think it is going to be uh, what I think we all hope it will eventually become, which is a Star Wars themed resort. So um, that's why I wanted to go on very quickly last minute live, because I think having this type of conversation and dialogue is, is easier than trying to just, have it on multiple platforms and, and certainly ones conversations I was having with some of you privately in DMS and email and, and text messages, I'd love to keep this conversation going in this thread. I know there's other conversations happening over in the clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. Come be part of the community and conversation and invite your friends to as well. And, um, yeah, that's it. Uh, again, I take a nap for a couple of hours. The, uh, <laughs> Everything sort of gets a little upside down, but I'm happy we had, we have this platform to be able to chat um, a little bit. But because And also, from here, and the reason why I have my big boy shirt on is today my son graduated high school. I don't know how that happened. Uh, we're not going to the Star Cruiser, but we are going to dinner. And I'm not saying exactly where we're going, but Chicken Sugo Rigatoni, I'm coming for you. So I need to sort of drown my Star Cruiser sorrows in a little chicken sugo rigatoni. So that is going to do it. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time to join me today uh, or tonight, wherever you are watching from. And uh, yeah, Becky, never a dull moment. This is uh, you know, there's there's always something, there's always something happening, and uh, we'll see what we'll see what comes next. So until next time, I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, may the Schwartz be with you. Oh, by the way, don't forget, uh, tomorrow at 12 o'clock, I'm going to open up uh, general registration for, let me find it, let me find it, for our London Paris Adventures by Disney. If you go to wwwcom slash abd24, I'll post a link in the clubhouse again tomorrow. The form will be live. If you're a member of the nation, you got your link today. And thank you so many of you uh, who are going to be joining us uh, next May. So, Until then, uh, I love you, I appreciate you, and may the Schwartz be with you.